we'll pass. I will pass the torch over to you. And now it's. Oh, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, okay, good. I have it. I'm Gabe, and we're, and we're the, ghouls the Ghouls Next Door. Next door. Talking about spooky stuff. Yeah, welcome. Happy May. It's my birthday month. It's Kat's birthday month. It is also Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we decided to do a special series dedicated to mental health awareness and spread that awareness by talking about content that covers certain uh, mental illness and mental strife uh to talk about how it's being represented in our media is that's what we do here at ghouls next door the media analysis podcast (laughs) from a horror lens which aims to explore the psychological historical and real life uh reasoning behind our cinematic fears and there's a lot there's a pretty bad history in horror specifically in related in relation to uh mental health and, and different mental uh, illnesses is just usually being a catch-all for any villain is just giving mm-hmm. them some uh, mental illness that people like don't have any information about and just being like that means you're different and therefore um, we've talked about it at length quite a few times we had a whole episode about mental health um, in uh, as it's represented in film specifically horror film with Marina in our representation yeah. series mm-hmm. yes. yeah horror does a bad job most of the time unfortunately not exclusively like but most of the time um, there's a lot to be left to desire at the end of, and, and it's also like films get classified as various mental health films that touch very little on the issues themselves. Like when you told me Midsummer was classified as a bipolar film mm-hmm. and I was like, no, it's not. If anything, yeah. it was horrible how that was handled. So it should not be classified as a bipolar film. Yeah. Um, well, because I think the sister had bipolar disorder and she had anxiety. And that was like, it wasn't so much that it's classified as that. It's just when I Googled bipolar in horror films, that's the, it just said Midsummer, And I was like, yeah. Midsummer is not <laughs> in any way a representation of it. it. It is a horror movie and it is horrible. Um, but I would say the, the mental representation, mental health representation in, in that film is not a good part of the film like we had yeah. to reevaluate and pick a different thing to focus on so we can appreciate it um but we will in this series talk about uh Ari Aster again because uh he did create Hereditary which we actually liked and we'll be joined by some friends for that and we'll talk about some films that did good jobs uh covering that issue or to to promote empathy or understanding uh, and put you into the shoes of people who are experiencing things that we just can't understand if you haven't done it or been through yeah. it. Facts. Yes. Uh, we did want to give out a shout out to a fan who is constantly tweeting us all the time, like retweeting uh, <laughs> and like sharing. Like every day I get notifications and I'm like, I don't know who this person is <laughs> like by name or like I can't recognize him. But uh, Brian Stitcher on uh, Twitter, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. Uh, you also yeah. retweet us using the action returns and the horror returns, which are two podcasts that you're a part of. And we really appreciate you kind of going doing that just going out of your way to share our stuff uh and support yeah. us <laughs> so thank you thank you for that um, you are great yes and if my voice sounds crazy it's just because uh in april i did which is when we're recording this because we record ahead of time i did 60 hours straight of a podcast and so my body is like what are, what are we doing yeah Isaiah's voice that? is also gone like <laughs> since then so yes yeah it's super real it's like coming and going and then every time i go to use it i'm like oh 
<laughs> my voice is like, how dare? A lot. Yeah. Who stops knew? wanting to do. If you talked for three days straight, that it would be, it would have negative effects. Um, I don't even know if I would ever have the capacity to do that. Yeah. It works out that the majority of of the Tribbles are um, extroverts. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But let's dive into today's episode. So not not specifically horror, but, you know, as we talk about many times, uh, some of the topics that are covered or the situations that are explored can be pretty horrific. And so though it is not under the horror umbrella... Um, we are not limited to that, right? Like we are a media <laughs> analysis podcast from a horror lens. So we look at stuff uh, in the in the horrors of them uh, and explore what they're what they're trying to say. So this is actually something I have been really excited to cover for a long time. Um, when we decided to do mental health uh, series, I was like, this is at the top. <laughs> I was like, this is like number one for so many reasons. And I'm very excited to tell you all about them because they're great. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to be talking about Undone, which is a series, an animated series on Amazon, which, you know, we don't often compliment or talk about <laughs> Amazon in any positive way. Uh, but I am thankful to them for this situation. So thank yeah. you all. Um, So Undone uh, is, uh, here's the synopsis for you. A woman discovers she has a new relationship with time after surviving a car accident that almost killed her, Um, which is, you know, very concise. Thank you, IMDb. Uh, It's created by Kate Purdy and Raphael Bob Waksberg, which is the creator of BoJack Horseman, um, which we won't talk about, but has like, it's not a show I have been able to get into. Um, It just has a different humor than I'm, I'm I get, you know, Uh, but I do know from people who really, really love Bojack Horseman that they do a a phenomenal job about mental illness, like covering it and talking about those experiences. So seeing that their name was attached to this project, I was like, oh, then it is good. <laughs> like it's going to yeah. do good. And, and and Kate Purdy is the one who's kind of spearheading this. This is from their experiences. So um, it's to me, that's like super exciting to see. Um, so this show is phenomenal. As I mentioned, it follows our protagonist, Alma, uh, who is Mexican-American, and she navigates a narrative that would otherwise be a superhero origin story, right? Like, we have a woman who, after experiencing a traumatic event, which is the car accident, she seems to, like, unlock her true potential, right? She's She's visited by her deceased father, who is adamant she's no longer constrained by the rules of our reality and can navigate through time and space in any way that she feels like he essentially explains like everyone else is stuck like operating in these set rules and you don't have to anymore because you kind of broke that and you're special right like any superhero she's essentially neo taking the red pill and exiting the matrix or miles morales getting bit by a radioactive spider like yeah. <laughs> she is that she she is someone who has big brain ventricles ventricles and a family history of schizophrenia and that's where like we get that turn because it's like yes this is our superhero but then when we're getting sprinkled into this narrative that there is a, a history of mental illness it's like but how much of this is really superhero and how much of it is her managing hallucinations um yeah and I think that's what really transformed this show into something that was incredibly interesting and creative uh, and also profound and impactful. Like, I've watched it twice now, <laughs> like, full yeah. way through. And each time I'm like, wow, I can't believe uh, <laughs> that this exists. Because there's so many things I truly appreciate about this show. Um, and thanks to friends and ghoul scout Jeff for telling me about this show. We geek out about a lot of things. Um, and he's the one who was like, you need to check this out. It's so good. And then I binged it. Actually, yeah. I, honestly, I think this might be like third time watching it. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I made Mike watch it too. Um, and he had actually reached out to me specifically about this show because the protagonist is deaf and uses a hearing aid. And he was impressed by the show's representation of it and how it's not really like a big deal. It's just a part of her character. Like it comes up yeah. where there are times where if it shows a flashback or she's traveling through time to her youth where she is before she had her hearing aid. She was doing sign and she has her father signing her. And there are times where she removes her aid and we just hear silence. Um, 
and her talking about like what silence sounds like and that it sounds so full. Like there are these like conversations that just add to her character and it wasn't like also she's like like it wasn't made into this big thing. Um yeah. a part of it is that she had gotten sick and that's how she lost her hearing and that's how her dad found out that she had those big brain ventricles. So like it, it definitely adds to the story. It's not just there for no nonsense. Um, but I think, you know, from what I've seen of representation of, of hearing, uh, uh, non-hearing individuals, like that's, um, it's rare to see such a, a good representation. And we've covered that too, because we talked about Quiet Place. Yeah. Um, so I appreciated that. And I'm always looking for good disability representation. Uh, so I was hooked when he told me about that, but then it didn't stop there. <laughs> it was like, no, actually, there's more. Um, it is one of the best shows I've seen regarding mental illness. Like I said, BoJack Horseman does a really good job. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend surprised yeah. me in how it it's represented also in my it. Brain. Yeah, so good. Um, and and like you're not expecting it, and they do a really good job. So um, yeah, <laughs> it's it, it does a really great job about kind of covering mental illness and, and how complex it is and that everyone is affected and like it's all about your where you're looking <laughs> too so so that's a part of it and like I said it's not specifically horror um, but since we often go off the beaten path I think that the idea is expressed throughout of essentially losing your sense of reality and your sense of self and juggling with our role in the universe under the heavy handed yeah. fist of capitalism can be really terrifying. And so it's, it's like juggling all those things. I was like, this is to an extent, some horrific experiences that our protagonist is going through. And so we are also as viewers, um, as I mentioned, the protagonist is Mexican American and so uh, for the show, Jeff and I actually talked about colorism and certain expectations uh, for uh, Latine uh, people. And because there's some comments that come through, but there's also like parts of her um, culture and experience that, that are ingrained into the conversation and throughout the series that I also really appreciated as someone who is mixed, <laughs> right? Because uh, she comes yeah. from a mixed family and there's this strength in using their culture as a major point in the story. Um, there's like traditional and cultural ideologies, dances, and places that serve as a point of comfort and empowerment throughout the show. And so it, like her being deaf, it's like, it's a, it's a part of her and it is integral to the whole compilation of the story. <laughs> like there, yeah. It wouldn't be without that. Um, so all this is to say, <laughs> there are many reasons to love and appreciate the show. Um, and I, I'm waiting for season two. Uh, Jeff told me there's yeah. going to be one. Oh, that's I so exciting. Know. I didn't know. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to cover. I don't know. I Because I enjoyed the ambiguity of the ending of, yeah. like, it, what is it? And although I, I did argue with Jeff that it could be, uh, it could go in a wrong way <laughs> if it's if it's yeah. interpreted a certain way. Um, but at the same time, I, I always love endings where it's like, you figure it out. Like, you don't need to tell us. Like, you don't owe us. Like, you, we don't need <laughs> all. Yeah. You don't have to spell it out, right? As a creator, do what you got to do. Um, but be before I dive into the core questions that we're looking to explore during this se series, um, I really wanted to talk about how cool the animation is on this because uh, they're using rotoscoping uh, to create the animation. So rotoscoping is an animation technique that animators use to trace over the motion picture footage of real life actors. And they do this frame by frame to produce realistic action. So like wow. these people look exactly like what they look like. Um, one film that people are familiar with in regards to rotoscoping is A Scanner Darkly, which uh, features okay. Neo, Keanu Reeves. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the animation really added and helped blend between like reality and hallucination or time travel or whatever like it really enhanced like this experience of like we're not tethered to this realm of existence and reality yeah. and so it was so fluid like some of the animations are phenomenal of her just like like the background is cracking behind her and then she's like yeah. floating through space and now she's like in the car and it's like morphing like because that's like how it, it her experience is is her like like moving throughout time and space because there is no anchor there's no way to just kind of do it the way that we do it so it's all over the place <laughs> and you can bounce wherever your brain takes you today um, I imagine it's quite the process, but 
so worth it. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I wanted to just mention that because it is beautiful. And if just for that, like, that's more than enough reason. Uh, but let's dive into the important questions. So in this series, I want to kind of ask two core questions regarding the media that we're covering to see, you know, how well or not well it is covering this content. And so one is, does it accurate, does it appropriately represent the horrors of a mental illness? Appropriate being like not villainizing or demonizing an entire group of people because you don't understand and you just need yeah. a scapegoat, right? So how, does it appropriately represent the horrors of mental illness? And then also does it inspire empathy and compassion towards an individual with mental illness? Because that's something we don't see often in media is like often it's like, okay, you're different. You have this thing and now you, something's wrong. You have to go, right? It's never like, yeah. I need to know why you're doing this. I need to know how to help or like to show from the other lens of that person experiencing that and learning to live. Like, cause it, that's not the end of the world. <laughs> it's just your yeah, reality now. Like you goes. just live. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, to answer these questions, First off, the show is inspired by creator Kate Purdy's own experiences with generational schizophrenia. So right out the gate, like it has some background. Um, so according to an article on Bustle, which features many quotes from Kate Purdy and her co-creator Raphael Bob Waksberg, titled How Undone Creator Kate Purdy Recontextualized Her Mental Illness with Gorgeous Animation by Samantha Rollins. Um, and Purdy explains how they discover their own bra large brain ventricles and cope with the history of schizophrenia in their family, saying... Um, the first time Undone creator Kate Purdy got a glimpse of her own brain ventricles was in college in a CAT scan for viral meningitis, which I think is what the young girl had, like the Alma had when she was younger or something like that. Um, they were enlarged, the doctor explained, but it wasn't a big deal. Some people have big noses, others have big brain ventricles. It wasn't until she read an article about a study that linked large brain ventricles to schizophrenia that she began to worry because schizophrenia was in her family. Her grandmother, Geraldine, had it, um, which is actually the name of a grandmother in this show. So <laughs> her... You know, kind of tying that because there is like this need showed through the father to understand his mom, like to because uh, uh, she was clearly not I don't want to say villainized, but she was kind of tossed aside or she was looked in this negative way as like as a broken person, like something was wrong with her. So they put her away. Right. And he yeah. wanted to he wanted there to be more to the story than that. He wanted it to be that she was special and that's why that was happening. And also for himself, like he has his own special reasoning behind it too, is like, cause he was also um, suffering from things potentially. Um, and so it's like, w we want more answers. That's not just my brain doesn't work like everybody else's. Um, my family actually has a history of mental illness, including schizophrenia on cer certain areas. Um, and so in this article, Purdy goes on to, discuss their fear and caution that they experience uh, approaching their 30th birthday, which is when they, like, usually it says, like, before your 30th birthday is when you would experience um, some of those symptoms or where it would kind of hit you. And so kind of, like, approaching that, like, I, I totally understand that fear um, and uncertainty and kind of, like, paranoia as well of, like, overthinking things that you do. Like, is that a thing? Or, like, what do I do if... if I also have this um, because it is real, especially when it's it's something that's familial, right? Uh, and that it could happen. <laughs> it's just, and for no other reason than you were born this way. Um, and so, like, they talk about that. Um, and eventually, Purdy experienced some mental trouble and had to find a way to navigate her own reality and how she comes with it uh, and continues to live with it actually has inspired the show uh, greatly in in many ways so it said uh, a few years later she experienced a mental break and found out i didn't know what was happening to me i didn't know how to move out of it or what to do pretty recalls to bustle of being in the throes of serious depression and anxiety and then goes on to say yes it's a mental break and mental illness but you can also call it incredible healing and the potential for healing she says Purdy eventually found healing for herself through a combination of psychiatry and Ayurveda, uh, traditional 
healing practice from India, and she notes, as Odenkirk's Jacob does in the series, that plenty of shamanistic and indigenous traditions view mental health differently than we do do traditionally in the West. In some cultures, for example, hallucinations are considered powerful and valuable visions, not signs of life-threatening madness, which is another part that I really appreciated about this show was um, getting to see other viewpoints (laughs) and getting to see other cultures. Um, Because when you step back from the narrative and look at the story that we're being told, we're to believe that this young woman has just unlocked her mind's true potential. She is navigating time and space unbound by our limitation. And it is a superhero story in any other context. And yeah. I was I was worried as the story went on that we would ha- end up with a story that suggested that folks with schizophrenia or similar psychoses should neglect their medication and that their hallucinations are real. Um, like that, you know, uh, what, what is it? Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not watching you is like a quote um i think that's in like catch 22 or something uh (laughs) but that that idea that like that maybe you're not wrong by you know and that you don't have to take medication like i was really worried about that um but i feel like the blend between like how other cultures view it and still like taking care of yourself um was done really well because uh, it just like this show just doesn't let you down. Um, there's yeah. an interesting and unexpected conversation between Alma, her mother and the priest uh, regarding her medication. And the priest has been talking to Alma's mother and also is concerned with Alma's well-being. But he also mentions to Alma's mother that she was way out of line for filling her prescription and trying to force this on her, like being like, this is her choice this is her body this is what in her her doctor said like she could take those things and arguably at this time from what the people on the outside are seeing it does seem like she should um because she is experiencing some of those uh, effects but there is a way to do it that isn't like going behind someone's back and filling their prescription uh and forcing them to do these things it's like borderline like drugging them like yeah we got to I that's why I really appreciated how the sister handled things all the time was like, I'm going to meet you where you're at and we're going to talk through this. Like, maybe it's mm-hmm. true, but we also need you to, like, help us out here. <laughs> like, you got to do this. Um, so I really just, like, appreciated how they show the complexities of not only the person who is managing their own mental state, but also the effects of those around them, because uh, it. It is really easy in film and media to villainize people with mental illnesses. Uh, and we've seen, you know, gross history of that in horror. Um, it, like I said, we've talked about it a lot of times. So to see a show that treats mental illness respectfully regarding all of those who are involved, I was like super excited. <laughs> like I was like, this is great. This is so phenomenal. Um, and I think what grounds this show is that while we're watching Alma's supposed superhero story unfold like we're we're seeing it through her eyes um where she's learning to like manage the tools of her newfound freedom from space-time continuum restraints we also see like on the other side how those around her are viewing her interactions so like at moments Mm -hmm. when she's moving through time and talking with her father uh the characters around her like her boyfriend sam are watching her talk to herself or clearly see that she's losing time during conversations. Like, she's clearly not here. She's somewhere else. And so we get, to, like, there are times where we're seeing her do something really cool and awesome. Like, she's moving the keys and traveling through time. And then we see Sam looking at her concern, like, you are talking to the air in front of you. Um, and so yeah. it's like we, it doesn't keep us in the superhero. It doesn't keep us in that. It also brings us back to reality, like, every time. <laughs> it's like, snap back. I think a particularly stressful scene has her running through a mirror to travel through time and try to save her dad. And in real time, she actually crashed into the mirror in front of her preschool students. And that was like a just this like click of because up until that point, we were kind of moving and those were little like hints um, that you saw, like how characters would react to her. But that was like a real moment of us being like, 
did that happen oh. then? Did that actually yeah. happen? Because she just smacked into that. And her being like, okay, it looks like I smacked into this mirror, but I really was time traveling. And when you see that, it's like, if this was any other superhero, right, as your, as your viewers, you'd be like, it's true. Like, they were time traveling. Of course, like, we're no longer bound by whatever, you know, rules there are. Um, but as as viewers of this program and seeing the concern from, like, the people around her and seeing the children being like, teacher just ran into this mirror for no reason it's like oh no she needs help she's going through something right now um and yeah. that's like it's sad uh but you know it happens uh creator bob Waksberg explains their decision to deepen this superhero origin story in that same bustle article saying um this one uh, usually there's a very quick journey from, hey, everything you thought about the way the world works is wrong and all of your lived experiences is untrue and you can't trust anything anybody's ever said before to, okay, well, I guess I'm a superhero now. Uh, Bob Warksberg says, says, I just felt like if this were to happen in the real world, that you were visited by someone or given some sort of power or perceive the world in a brand new way, I think your first reaction for a very long time would be to question it and be like, this goes against everything I thought I understood about how the world works. I'm not just going to jump on board and be like, okay, I guess this is it now, um, which is very true uh, <laughs> in this. And Alma does, like, fight against the newfound information uh, and her undead father's reasoning quite a bit before uh, kind of sinking into the idea. And it does feel like she's grabs onto it as a lifeboat as opposed to an exciting new venture. It's like, I would yeah. rather... You know, like, because given the choice, wouldn't you rather have a reality where you've unlocked your potential than live in a world where you are losing grip on reality? And that yeah. those things that you feared were going to happen to you are happening to you. Um, and so, like, in the, the beginning of the show, Sam makes this, like, offhand comment calling Alma crazy, like, oh, you're crazy, in this, like, joking way. And she responds, like, with vitriol. Like, she is, like, it's like a f switch. And she says... She I am not crazy. And it was like, it was a joke. He was like, yeah, you're being crazy right now. Uh, so that was our first glimpse that like clearly Emma has struggled with the potential future in which she, like her grandmother has schizophrenia. And so it's a delicate subject that Sam like smoothly moves away from because he's like used to kind of navigating her. But I think you can see Purdy's influence in those scenes um, that make it even more real and relatable. Like, you can really understand why Alma wants to believe this truth or this version of the truth because the alternative is that she is sick or that she needs to get help. Um, and that's, you know, <laughs> it, it, it feels real. Um, and yeah. I feel like you don't often get that in any narrative about mental illness of any kind. Um, I mentioned before that something I really appreciated was uh, the religion and cultural inspiration throughout the show. Um, we've discussed on the show quite a lot that the the overwhelmingly Christian narratives that permeate the horror genre are tired, um, as if other cultures or religions don't experience similar events or have their own way of understanding and dealing with these supernatural events. Like, as if vampires couldn't be harmed in a non-Catholic country free of crucifixes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like there are other cultures out here. Ways, it's not just yeah. one. They deal with stuff in their own way. So in Undone, we see like this beautiful interweaving of indige indigenous culture and influence. Um, we also get some conversations throughout that critique the misuse or misunderstanding of these cultures, specifically because she's in Texas. Right. And that's, you know, uh, she has a whole conversation about the Alamo because there's a re recreation of the Alamo. And she's like, that's not what you're supposed to remember. Like, she's always like, what about the fact that you murdered people <laughs> that look like me, like my ancestors? You murdered them because you wanted their lands like this doesn't belong to them. And that's like a, that conversation and that history is super important to where they are physically and then also to the understanding of what she's going through as well because her father who is white uh also uses that as like a tool to understand this like superpower and he understood that like shamans were spiritually more powerful and he used them in his own selfish needs he like you know realized a lot of religious people had those large brain ventricle ventricles 
Um, I never thought in my life I'd say ventricles <laughs> as That's many often, times as yeah. I have in my life uh, <laughs> today. Uh, but yeah, so he, he kind of noticed that. Like there is a tie to like spiritual uh, people um, and this ability to transcend time. And it's also thinking like how many like saints or people even in like Christian and Catholic uh, lore uh, where they're like talking to God. Like, who's does it like odds are they might have had something like this, but people didn't see them as like, oh, you're crazy. You're done. It's like, no, you're in tune with something that we can't see. And that yeah. it's just a matter of like your perspective. Um, and so, you know, I, I appreciated that, that there was like an understanding that there are other cultures out there and that there's a, an, a power to looking at it differently um, that could help you. It's kind of like how I always say my anxiety is my superpower, right? Part of it is like, it is <laughs> to some degree, because I'm always like, you know, I always have plan B through Z, and then A1, you know, like A2, what have you. Yeah. Um, but it's also because a matter of perspective, like if you view your anxiety as a negative thing, um, when you are having anxiety attacks, or your anxiety is acting up, then it just adds to it when you're stressed out about that because you see this as a bad thing and so then you just it's compounded it's like oh now I'm like upset because I'm upset um (laughs) so it doesn't help so to view it more as like okay my body is is acting heightened to protect me or to do this thing for me then when that happens I'm more accepting of it and more able to be like okay well we have to get through this together and this is a process and then it's it's less like compounding of like oh god I'm freaking out it's like okay we are acting <laughs> we are doing what we have yeah. to do to get through this thing so it's a matter of perspective and if you have something like this it you might find like purdy that there's a, a mix of like you know say going to a psychiatrist, having, you know, maybe meditation or having an understanding of different religions and, and accepting what your mental state is and, and who you are and controlling that in that way. Like, we don't have to do Western medicine all the time. Like, I'm not saying, like, everyone get on medication. Like, there are ways you just got to figure it out yourself. And that's what I appreciate yeah. about this. It wasn't like there's a right and a wrong and nothing in between. <laughs> this was like, we got to explore all the pieces of it. Um, and, like... Yeah, I just I really, really appreciated um, the indigenous kind of lore in there and and getting to see glimpses of her culture and her just kind of fitting into it, even though she's mixed. Right. Like they were like, yeah, oh, you can you can dance this dance and you will feel. And that's like her power came from that dance, too. Like she was doing it for days. And that was like her way of getting through this really challenging situation and in, in coming to her own um, understanding of herself. Um, she also even has like an offhanded comment or like a groan when the mom mentions that the new priest of their Catholic church has a fascination and appreciation for indigenous cultures. And he like says it when they're in church and she's like, okay. <laughs> cause it's like, of course like the Catholic church has a, a fascination with indigenous cultures cause they come in here and they mess it all up. <laughs> they come in here yeah. and tell us we're doing it wrong. Uh, when clearly something like we're doing something right. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed like all those instances like peppered throughout. Um, because I think like Alma's history and her ancestry really influence her experiences and understanding of her mental illness. And I think it adds to the empowerment of her superhero manifestation. It doesn't like take from it. And that's like, like, it's just so much (laughs) like I can't even. uh, And in that wonderful bustle article, (laughs) which I keep mentioning, uh, the, it has all the answers. Writer Samantha Rollins goes on to say, Viewed that way, perhaps Elma's visions of her dead father aren't disturbing signs of a woman losing her mind, but an ancestor reaching through the sh- through to shake you out of your reality, Purdy explains, so that you make choices that are better for you and better for the people you love. It's impossible to know for sure, but the beauty of the world of Undone is that the only thing we know for certain is that the answer is always going to be complicated, um, which is so true. Because <laughs> yeah. And that's the whole thing, right? Mental illness is complicated at the end of the day. Um, and you know, I, I do not have schizophrenia. I know someone who does. And from their experiences of what they've shared with me, um, 
it feels similar, you know, in the fact that this is something that the the writer and creator experienced too, kind of intermingling their own uh, experiences into this narrative really helps, right? Like it's it's clearly not someone who. Like, it's like not me writing about somebody else's experience, right? Like, I know someone who has yeah. it. I know some really stressful and challenging things uh, that they've had to go through. And I know that religion has also been something that has helped them to some degree and can also hinder them to some degree because uh, you get kind of fixated on things and in that it is yeah. like your your path to health and wellness could be a mix of things and not just one that you kind of hold on to. Um, but it would be different for someone like me who doesn't have that firsthand knowledge, um, who's just kind of hearing about it to write something like this versus someone who has um, and is is trying to like do so much and did so well. <laughs> like it's phenomenal. Yeah. Like I again, I can't stop talking about it. Uh, so definitely watch it. Watch it three times like I did. Um, and if you're looking for more twists on superpowered, maybe mentally unwell protagonists, um, then I suggest watching the OA, which is on Netflix. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't watch the new season because I liked how it ended uh, on season one. Um, but I think it's over. Uh, but that's another show that Jeff and I geek out about. <laughs> so Because like, we're like, oh, no, uh, my brain, how does this work? And that's kind of like a religion understanding your superhero power. But is it or are they true or not? You know, yeah. like it's super exciting. So maybe we'll do another like Mind F series and cover it. <laughs> but for now, uh, definitely watch Undone. Uh, if not for the mental illness, just just because it is a really engaging show, it's phenomenally animated. It like keeps you going, keeps you guessing, and you'll really appreciate how well rounded each one of these characters are. And it's just so nice to see, you know, people who look like me, even it's <laughs> just even in animation, uh, being the protagonist and a superhero of a story. Yeah, no, it was an amazing show. Like, if I had the time. Before we did this episode, I probably would have watched more than once, but I also binged it. And, like, it was fantastically done for all of the reasons that you said. Um, and probably others that we just haven't even figured out yet. Um, yeah. So if you like it, let, let us know and tell us what I'm, you know, what I miss or what you think about it. Like, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Do it. Oh, yeah. are we on my facts section? Is that what? <laughs> yeah, we can. I will pass. I will pass the torch over to you. And now it's. Oh, yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, okay, good. I have it. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. To start today's facts section, I wanted to explicitly state that I do not have a personal experience with schizophrenia and express that I'm presenting information that I don't have personal context for. Uh, I hope that nothing I say is inaccurate or damaging. And I would like to know if that is the case. Please email us. Um, I know that. Yeah, I know that oftentimes with mental illness classifications or honestly, anything that happens with the brain, the definitions are blanket interpretations of an illness can be damaging or contrary to the feelings or views of individuals who actually experience that. Um, I also grew up in Western society and process daily how much what has been taught to me has been inaccurate or skewed to benefit capitalism or white supremacy. So if there's anyone who has different experience with schizophrenia, either culturally or personally, and they want to let us know they can how we can do better and know better, uh, please don't hesitate to send us an email at theghoulsnextdoor.com or at gmail.com. Yes, we Um, always appreciate that. Um, Just being, you know, transparent with us. We, our door is open for that. Like, we want you to help us be better. Yeah. And we're trying to help ourselves be better, too, by learning as much as we can about the world around us and questioning things. But, you know, sometimes... The internet doesn't actually have the answers we're searching for. Um, But to give kind of like a little overview, what is schizophrenia? Mayo Clinic says uh, it's a mental disorder that causes people to interpret their reality differently or abnormally. It can manifest itself in a combination of hallucinations, delusions, and disordered thinking and behavior that can be disabling or impact daily functioning. Um, The what the definition they actually give on their website is kind of harsher than I thought should be like it kind of states it more from a western lens and I I feel like it can be disabling or 
or can impact your daily functioning depending on where you are or how society that you're in interprets what you're going through. Yeah. Um, and how you're managing it too. Yeah. Like there's, there's not one way to fix things uh, mm-hmm. or cope with things or manage things. So it kind of seemed like it was angling more on that end. So I reworded it to be more inclusive. Um, the impact of schizophrenia and the way in which it manifests in the mind can sometimes be influenced or by different, the cultural context it occurs within. So the symptoms or of delusions center around whatever is culturally or contextually important to the individual. In an article from Big Think called Schizophrenia by Culture, it provided the example, cultures in which the family is more important will have delusions centered around their family. Cultures in which religion is more important will have delusions centered around religion and so on. Um, so it's really the experience based on what I've read, seems to be very much oriented towards where you're coming from, who you are as a person and what is important to you. Um, And since it has to do with the brain, that makes sense because it's what is in your brain. It's the context your brain is established to understand the world. So that'll be different based on what your interpretation of the world is. Um, This can also extend to how mental illness is perceived by society and how it can impact daily functionality in said society. For example, in a society like the U.S., where fitting a mold is essential to functioning within capitalism and thus essential to survival, mental illness can have a greater impact on daily functionality compared to a society that embraces different individuals and meets their needs where they are. Um, I think like if there are places that view this more as something like you meet someone where they are, you might have a better experience in coping and learning how to manage yourself within that realm. Uh, than yeah, somewhere like, like the U S that, yeah. Yeah. The U S has a very bad history with mental health mm-hmm. and it's gross and sad. Um, but there are probably are places that I have not been to that might handle it better. Um, so what are some things that someone with schizophrenia encounters A very obvious one in America is a long history of violence against individuals with mental illness, be it through the police response or through institutionalization. Uh, Schizophrenia is oftentimes misrepresented in the media as well, and especially in horror is a blanket cause for characters' violence against other characters. As we mentioned in our mental health representation episode, in contrast to how mental illness is often portrayed in film, individuals who experience it are more likely to be victims of violence than perpetrators of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but some symptoms for you outlined by the National Alliance on Mental Illness outline some of the symptoms of schizophrenia for us. It also outlines the difficulty in finding a diagnosis specifically for teenagers as many of the early warning signs align themselves with common and nonspecific adolescent behavior. Regardless mm-hmm. of one's age, it is essential to get a comprehensive medical evaluation in order to obtain the best diagnosis because your brains are complex. Mental illness is complex. People are often misdiagnosed because there are lots of things that fall under different envelopes. I think this was represented in crazy ex-girlfriend pretty well. Like her path to getting diagnosed kind of resulted in different answers Mm -hmm. depending on like how she was approaching it or like who was at the table outlining what could potentially be wrong. And that there are instances where people are misdiagnosed based on fitting within a certain classification of a diagnosis, even though they might also have symptoms of a different thing or multi-diagnosis. So there's people with more than one mental illness, um, that exists. Like I am one of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. so you can have more than one thing and you can fit within different molds, but the diagnosis in terms of things that are common to experience if you have schizophrenia uh, and that can impact your functionality for at least six months at a time are one hallucinations. Uh, These include a person hearing voices, seeing things or smelling things other than that others can't perceive. Uh, The hallucinations are very real to the person experiencing them. And it may be very confusing for a loved one to witness. So we see that in the show where the witness Alma kind of talking to the air and being, Mm concern for her because they do not see what she is seeing um and what was very interesting in some of the research that i did is that there's voices that may involve people that are known or unknown to the person hearing them um there's something i read in the big think article that kind of went over how in america there's lots of people who experience like 
invasion of their thoughts and that Mm. is how they experience their hallucinations not like exclusively but for many people um that like it feels like someone else is there that they don't know and Mm. is like entering their mind and that sounds very stressful that sounds very scary um and i i didn't know that that was something that was possible so that's interesting to know um delusions is another symptom there are false beliefs that don't change even when a person who hears them is presented with new ideas or facts uh people who have delusions often also have problems concentrating confused thinking or a sense that their thoughts are being blocked Hmm. Uh, another symptom it lists is negative symptoms are one of the d- that diminish a person's abilities. Negative symptoms often include being emotionally flat or speaking in a dull, disconnected way. People with a negative symptom may be unable to start or follow through with activities, show little interest in life, or sustain relationships. Negative symptoms are often sometimes confusing with confused with clinical depression, but it seems like a more so if it is shifting a reality is a shift away from what is perceived as the collective normal reality to one that is Mm. different. Um, And if that infringes upon your day-to-day functionality within the reality that society requires you to exist in, I could see that being associated as a negative symptom. Um, Cognitive issues or disoriented, disorganized thinking. People with cognitive symptoms of schizophrenia often struggle to remember things, organize their thoughts, or complete tasks. Commonly, people with schizophrenia have... Anosognia, a lack of insight is the easier way to understand it. This means that the person is unaware that he or she has an illness, which can make treating or working with them challenging um, in that they are not aware that something's wrong. And so they Um, they don't want to fix it. Yeah. Um, And our last question that we asked is like, how does someone manage schizophrenia? This is not something I can answer from personal experience standpoint i can provide advice for being a supportive friend or family member and i think the show provides some good insight to that as well honestly the show has definitely shown the good and bad ways of helping someone you care about navigate a diagnosis you see this in the way in which characters are being supportive or damaging towards the main character and i think it's a good lesson to reflect on when approaching the situation ultimately forcing someone into any situation, invading their space, gaslighting, or other damaging behaviors aren't going to help anyone you care about, including someone dealing with schizophrenia. Being in a situation where you ultimately powerless powerless to sway an individual that you are worried about is hard. Yes, but it doesn't give anyone the right to take control of someone else's life. Um, Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, that person needs to come to their own conclusions and path for healing, whether or not they want to seek treatment through therapy, medication, religion or any other kind of method um the best thing to do in this situation is be as supportive and clear about how you feel to that person as you can be while there is a thin line that separates support and enabling you kind of have to figure that out for yourself and in situational ways so just as you're entitled to cut someone off for dangerous or damaging behavior they are entitled to make their own decisions for their treatment um In Mayo Clinic, they also provide some advice for helping someone with schizophrenia. The biggest thing that you can do in a situation is talk to a person you care about and express your concern and love for them. Um, Offering potential support or treatment options is a totally okay way to approach a person. It also states that schizophrenia causes delusions that cause treatment to be difficult for the person if they don't realize something is wrong. So that expressing your true intent like that you're approaching this from a standpoint that you care about them and you want them to be okay is the best way to go about it not doing what the mom and undid did at first which was try to force change and force medication and like basically approach them from an ingenuine standpoint like the time she went into the house bringing cookies and was acting super sus and like was really just there to steal the prescription and fill it Mm -hmm. um which with someone who's dealing with like questioning their reality, doing shady things is not going to help them grasp their reality any better. Yeah, like feeling like unsafe. It. Yeah. Like feeling unsafe around the people that you love and care about is not something that will push them towards helping themselves. Um, 
if that relation with the person fringes upon whether or not that person seeks the help you offer, then you have to be willing with, to deal with the possibility that they may choose to lose your relationship instead of seeking treatment. Um, and this one, I don't agree with it. Mayo Clinic suggests it says if your loved one is in danger to themselves or others, that calling 911 or another emergency responder is an option. But I would disagree here. Um, with the number of individuals being murdered as a result of mental health crisis response calls by police, I cannot in good conscience recommend that option. Um, I would instead suggest trying like the, mm -hmm. the, the teams, like the medical teams that are supposed to come because they, they exist. It's just yeah. like we should know who they are and those are the ones who should respond. Yeah. And there are instances, unfortunately, where you do request that and they still send regular police officers. Mm. Um, if the yes. individuals that are under the crisis line are busy, mm. essentially. Um, so it, it's really a judgment call, but there are other resources that exist, specifically seeking out trained professionals, social workers, individuals trained in de-escalation, essentially individuals that can, for the most part, ensure that everything possible will be done for that person's safety to either a state of calm or like feeling better or in the worst case hospitalization. Mm -hmm. um, ultimately, if you're feeling for someone's life, that person in question is not in a rational state. Calling the police is not necessarily a safe option, at least not in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, though, dealing with any individual experiencing a mental health issue needs to be approached with empathy and compassion. Uh, helping that person feel loved, seen, and heard is important in building trust and is a step for many people towards treatment if they feel safe and, like, the people around them are just trying to, like, help. There's not guaranteed that that will lead to a positive result, but it's probably more likely to lead to a positive result than doing things that make that person feel unsafe, unheard, crazy, like, feeling like that they are not in protection of people who actually have their best interest in mind. Mm -hmm. um, it's more likely to cause unhappy feelings or feelings of like furthering isolation or separating yeah, themselves more from. Exactly. Um, and while it, like there are ways that you can seek treatment in terms of therapy as uh Purdy. What is her first name? Purdy? Kate Purdy. Katie Purdy. It's funny. It's like the same. Kate Purdy, name. yeah. Kate Purdy. Okay. <laughs> um, that like there are other ways that you can seek healing in navigating a diagnosis that medication is not the exclusive end all be all answer. Um, it is for some people, but that's a personal choice. Uh, mm -hmm. And if that's not what's right for you, then you need to figure out what's right for you. And if you have people in your life who are not helping you navigate that space and instead are being really hurtful and harmful, then it is like your choice to figure out how you want to heal from this situation. Um, and as like Gabe was saying, it's like your life is just different now. It's not over. It's not like if you're experiencing symptoms or stress or like are entering to a state where you do not feel safe or are experiencing a mental health crisis, like you need to do what you need to do to be okay. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that you're able to navigate that space with people that care about you and love you. Um, Cause at the end of the day, like you still being here is better than not. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's 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 complicated, right? And that's why I think uh, it's taken so long to get such a a, a good representation of mental illness because mm -hmm. especially here in you know the Western world, there hasn't been a lot of work to understand and empathize with folks who are experiencing those uh, events. It, it was more of just like they're different, they're wrong. And we have to remove yeah. them from, like, that's just the history of America, um, unfortunately, right? So to have media like this that kind of shows you, you know, it's a very delicate balance. And then 
to, you know, be very honest about the struggles of that and to show the stress that people are experiencing and also show you like a very clear wrong and right ways to approach it. Like the mom definitely meant well, but there's a lot of things that the mother did. Like she mentions like bleaching her mustache for the wedding, which is like, that's a, that's her trying to fit into this Western world, you know, and yeah. you know, force her to to look a specific way. And that's, you know, is kind of colorist in a way or kind of against like her own culture to be like, no, this is what I look like. <laughs> I have these things because I am Mexican-American and that's how it works. Um, so there's a few things throughout um, to show that. But it's a very human response. And that's, yeah. again, like I said, like her sister really kind of sitting there and being like, okay. I believe that you are experiencing these things. I believe that this is how you're seeing it. Um, and I'm willing to like work with you to figure out the best way to deal with this, which means like I have to sit here with you and walk through it. Like we have to yeah. get through it together, um, which is I, I really appreciate. And I, and I always appreciate when they show, you know, uh, alternatives to Western medicine too, because it isn't like there isn't one answer, and we are so often, you know, <laughs> just like you would throw medication at it, and then you know that's a, that's a big reason why people don't even do the medication. Then they don't get any help at all because it's just like it's either this or nothing, and that's not true. There's so many yeah. ways to to get help and to to live with it because you can. Yeah, and, and I mean should. it's it's we disrespectful, honestly, if like it's insinuated any other way because if it's like ignoring the fact that Western medicine is rooted in white supremacy and mm -hmm. capitalism and is a tool with which things are reinforced to fit that narrative. So like, I think it is reasonable to question the validity of Western medication, and mm -hmm. it's rude as hell to like. <laughs> Be like, it's it. That's the only, no other cultures exist or handle this any other way. This mm -hmm. is the way. White saviors, yeah. woo. Like, no, yeah. it's not, yeah. it's not the end all be all. Like, there are other ways to cope with things and learn things. And people need to open their minds to that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I, I understand it's different if someone's like at risk of hurting other people or themselves, but like, if they're not in that state and they choose to navigate that space through a path of religion or other healing methods, like let them, are they hurting you? Are they alive? Are they able to pay their bills in some way, capacity or some form? Let them live, man. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it is gross that capitalism like doesn't allow people who are not fitting the general societal mold to survive yeah. in these kinds of scenarios that like people with mental health issues also experience a large proponent of homelessness um, mm. because the only way to survive is to work like a machine in our society. So mm -hmm. there's yeah. lots of barriers that make it complicated. And I think complicated yeah. is the best it's, yeah, way it's, to describe. It's compounded. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause it, you know, it's, it's, intersectional too right like because there's mm -hmm. different qualities or, or parts of who you are that influence whether or not you get help or treatment or understanding too just even just the way you look or the way you're perceived yeah. um can influence that as well it's, it gets really murky um and complicated in that for sure um yeah i think you know, I, I think it was, like I said, a phenomenal show. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely give it a watch. In fact, it even kind of made me want to try to watch BoJack Horseman. Again, because I have heard a lot of really great things about representation yeah. and understanding of mental illness. Um, it just, again, I it's it's a humor that I don't usually get. <laughs> but yeah. um, I'm always, you know, willing to, to learn more and to see. Uh, and, uh, you know, to give that, like kudos and appreciation where it belongs like even if i can't yeah. rightfully like understand that um humor i i appreciate that it exists and that for some people mm -hmm. it is like i've i've talked to people who are like this show like saved my life like oh literally. wow yeah like people being like i was in a dark place i saw this and it motivated me like uh for bojack horseman um now i, I gotta if, watch like, bojack is that too yeah <laughs> Yeah. All right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder if, you know, Undone will do that for some people too. Um, I even think part so. Part of me is like, I should have that, you know, the person that I know who's experiencing this, see if they watch it. And if, you know, it's similar to their experiences or maybe they'll find some hope in it. Um, or if they'll be like, 
I don't have superpowers, <laughs> you know, like I'm stressed. Uh, and then, you know, kind of talking to them about what their superpowers are, right? Like that we can use our brains to change the way that we're perceiving things that are happening to us or the way that our brain is, is experiencing things to be a positive experience and therefore um, not hindering you as much. Yeah. And like, you know, changing your point of view. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great episode to kick off our mental health uh, awareness month series and, you know, talk about that, you know, in our show notes, we'll have resources for you. So if you are experiencing this, um, we have some resources below um, it, that you can use to either support other people or to support yourself and get the help that you need, because it is just a matter of, you know, managing it um and just living your life differently now um but it is not over and you know i think throughout this whole series we'll be able to really show that yeah and i think just like actively working to remove the stigma associated with all of the things because that's like one of the larger infringements upon people's lives is just how society perceives it so if we're actively working to improve our view and more accurately present our view, which I think it would be dope if when I Googled schizophrenia, it wasn't just like Western medicine time all up on there. I guess it's because I'm searching from America, but like if it was like actual like stories of people like just, if it was undone showed up or like yeah. media that represented it, um, I think that would be dope instead of just like, on, like Mayo Reddit Clinic. Because Mayo Clinic. Mayo. You got to go on Reddit. <laughs> I'm sure there's some experiences on there. That's real. I did not look on Reddit, so it's also yeah, the lens of the choice. I, I enjoy Reddit. Um, I have not Reddit it enough, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there, I guess. Yeah, that's not a part of this. Um, yeah, well, stay tuned for, for the rest of the series. We'll be talking about some... We'll actually talk about a horror movie next week um, and the week after and the week after that. Yeah. So, so just a, But we, I really wanted to kick it off because I just, like I said, I'm so excited about this show. Please go and watch it. Cannot say that enough. Um, and again, reach out to us if you have any comments or concerns or questions. Um, you can also check out our blog, uh, the Ghouls Next Door slash blog, uh, ghoulsnextdoor.com slash blog, uh, where you can see the, the information that we detailed here if you want to help and support people around you. Um, but yeah, don't get married. Don't get married. Let your, your kids. Or you'll die and your kid now time travels for you to save your life but you were awful it's fine yeah okay well bye (laughs) bye